Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap all of the games from this holiday weekend. I'll dive into the news you need to know. I hold myself accountable as we do a little bet busting. And I'll wrap up by checking in on the results from my fantasy football advice. All coming up on this week's full recap. What a great week for football fans. We had a game seemingly every day over the holiday break. Some great and some not so great. But we knew that going into this week and we stuck all of the games into our speed round. Let's go ahead and check on those results now. First up, we had the Packers 29-22 victory over the Lions on Thanksgiving morning. This was a great game to start off the day and had the initial makings of a shootout as both teams went down the field with relative ease and scored on their opening drives. The Lions hit a bit of a lull after their initial score, but the Packers would continue to pile on the points. Jonathan Owens scooped up a fumble that was forced by Rashawn Gary and ran it back for a touchdown. They would later add a field goal, making it 23-7 at halftime. Out of halftime, the Lions finally decided to lean on their running game, and with it, found more offensive success. David Montgomery scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion, making things interesting again at 23-14. A little later, they attempted to go for it with a fake punt on fourth down, but failed, setting the Packers up for their final points of the game on a Christian Watson touchdown. A failed two-point conversion would bring us to 29-14. to With the clock winding down, Goff was able to find Josh Reynolds for a touchdown and tack on a two-point conversion, bringing the score to 29-22, to where it would ultimately stay. Jared Goff, Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, and the offense moved the ball well, but three lost fumbles by Goff and stalling drives led to very few points. Ultimately, they couldn't overcome all of the turnovers. For the Packers, Jordan Love is having the best couple-game stretch of his career. He's beginning to establish a real dangerous connection with his young wide receivers. Both Christian Watson and Jaden Reed played great, and when Romeo Dobbs is sprinkled in, this offense becomes very unpredictable. Rashawn Gary had a monster game and came away with three sacks and two forced fumbles. This defense is also starting to find their groove. This team has all of the makings of a spoiler team for a lot of playoff hopefuls down the stretch. Moving on, we had the Commanders 10-45 beat down by the Cowboys. This game definitely helped kick off the napping part of Thanksgiving. There were some exciting moments between prolonged blinks though. Deron Bland had yet another pick six, bringing him to a total of five for the year, and etched his name in the record book as the player with the most in the season so far. This is no accident. You don't stumble into this record. He has established himself as a real threat in that secondary. And when Trevon Diggs returns next year, this should be an awesome duo to watch. Dak Prescott continued to pad his stat sheets with yet another game over 300 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 0 picks. C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks led in the receiving game, and Tony Pollard had his second good game on the ground in a row. This offense is starting to come together in all phases. For the Commanders, Sam Howell played as decently as his line would allow. He threw for 300 yards, threw one pick, and had zero scores through the air, but did manage to sneak one in for a touchdown on the ground. Curtis Samuel had a great game, 
going for over 100 yards receiving. Washington clearly has the pieces on offense to be dangerous, but they need to somehow figure out how to fix this terrible offensive line, who allowed four sacks in this game. It may be a problem that will need to be solved this offseason. Up next, we had the 49ers 31-13 stomping over the Seahawks in a snooze fest. Both Geno Smith and Brock Purdy had pretty average games. Christian McCaffrey was a beast as usual, ending with two scores and close to 140 all-purpose yards. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk were the main targets in the receiving game. Their defense dominated as usual and came away with six sacks total and one interception. Seattle's Zach Charbonnet struggled as he replaced Kenneth Walker in this game, totaling less than 50 yards on a 3.4 per carry average. On a brighter note, JSN went for 41 yards on only two catches. This guy should be involved in that offense a little bit more. This next game was one of the craziest games on the slate. We had the Dolphins 34-13 beatdown of the Jets on Black Friday. The first half of this game led to some wild plays. Brandon Eccles of the Jets kicked it off when he intercepted Tua and took it back 30 yards for the score. Then, right before halftime, Tim Boyle winds up for a Hail Mary and throws a pick of his own to Javon Holland, who then proceeds to take it 99 yards for a touchdown. Absolute insanity. Outside of those two plays, though, the Dolphins pretty much dominated in all aspects. Both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill went for over 100 yards, and Hill added yet another score to his ledger. Mostert went straight into monster mode and scored three times, and had close to 100 yards on the ground. Their defense had an amazing day as well, amassing seven sacks and two interceptions total, including the aforementioned pick six. Tim Boyle added zero intrigue and played exactly like Zach Wilson. He was able to find Garrett Wilson a few times, whom himself played well, and scored the only offensive touchdown for the Jets. Brees Hall was shut down in the running game. He only had 7 carries for 25 yards. Up next, we had the Colts 27-20 victory at home over the Buccaneers. Both quarterbacks played decently in this game. They had matching interceptions, but Baker's fumble at the end was the difference maker. Mike Evans had a big day receiving and scored twice. Rashad White went over 100 all-purpose yards, and even Chris Godwin was involved on some well-timed third-down conversions. For the Colts, Jonathan Taylor scored twice and came close to breaking over 100 yards on the ground. Michael Pittman led the team in the receiving game with over 100 yards receiving. Moving on, we had the Giants' 10-7 victory over the Patriots at home. Mac Jones started this game for the Patriots. He threw two interceptions and was benched for Bailey Zappi who went out and threw one of his own. Both of these guys stink. As a result, Ramondre Stevenson carried the ball 21 times for close to 100 yards and a score. Tommy DeVito played well, but was sacked six times in this game. This line is going to get yet another quarterback injured. Despite heavy pressure, he played a clean game and threw one touchdown pass, but he also lost a fumble. He connected with Jalen Hyatt mainly for over 100 yards through the air, and on the ground, Saquon Barkley was bottled up with just 46 yards on 12 carries. 
Next up, we had the Steelers' 16-10 victory over the Bengals in the jungle. Kenny Pickett played a decent game and was able to connect with Pat Fryermuth, who was a monster to bring down, and ended the game with 129 yards on 9 catches. Their rushing attack was very successful, as Najee Harris closed in on 100 yards on the ground and scored. Jalen Warren had close to 50 yards rushing, but also lost a bad fumble. On defense, TJ Watt continues to dominate. He had two of the team's four sacks and was in the backfield all game. Jake Browning looks like a good solid option as a backup. He was able to connect with Jamar Chase four times for 81 yards, and while Joe Mixon had close to 50 yards receiving on just two catches through the air, he couldn't get much going on the ground, being held to just 16 yards. Moving on, we had the Titans' 17-10 victory over the Panthers at home. Bryce Young had a better game than he's had recently, but he still played poorly. He had zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, but lost a fumble. While their passing attack struggled yet again, their running game was able to have success, resulting in Chuba Hubbard finding the end zone twice. Not to be outdone, however, Derrick Henry remained on his throne, carried his offense, and scored two of his own. In between Henry rumbles, Will Levis was able to connect with D-Hop down the field a few times, totaling 50 yards through the air. Moving on, we had an exciting game that may have sparked a rivalry for years to come between these two teams in the AFC South. Matt Amendola and the Texans were inches from tying this game up at the very end, but ultimately they fell just short as his kick nailed the crossbar and the Jaguars found a way to win in a close 24-21 victory over the Texans. Trevor Lawrence had a very productive day and was one of the better quarterbacks through the air this entire week. He threw for over 350 yards and scored twice, once passing and once rushing. He did have a bad interception to Derek Stingley, however. He targeted Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley mostly, who both had close to 100 yards receiving. On the ground, Etienne was bottled up, but that didn't stop them from trying. He had 20 carries, but only managed to gain 56 yards. The Texans also had a rough day on the ground. Devin Singletary was shut down and had just 18 yards on 6 carries, but he did have 6 catches for over 50 yards receiving. CJ Stroud continues to look good. He threw for over 300 yards and had 2 passing touchdowns. He was also a menace on the ground and rushed for over 50 yards and scored here as well. When he wasn't running for touchdowns, he was running from Josh Allen, who managed to bring him down 2.5 times on the team's four total. In between scrambles, Stroud was able to connect with Nico Collins and Tank Dell, who both had great days that resulted in scores for each. Up next, we have the Falcons' 24-15 victory over the Saints at home. Derek Carr played well and threw for over 300 yards, but had zero touchdowns and threw one pick to Jesse Bates. Alvin Kamara had over 100 all-purpose yards but struggled to find the end zone. The Saints tried to get Taysom Hill involved, but he just ended up losing a fumble. The only success they could find was through Chris Olave in the passing game, who ended up leaving the game early, but before he did, was able to amass 114 yards on 7 catches. He was poised for a monster day. 
as their productivity left when Alave did, the Honey Badger tried his best to put his team in scoring position with two picks of his own. But ultimately, all of their attempts led to five field goals. It's hard to win games like that. For the Falcons, Desmond Ritter was fairly inconsistent. When he wasn't targeting Tyron Matthew, he was able to get Drake London involved, who went for close to 100 yards receiving. In the backfield, Bijan Robinson was all over the place and scored both through the air and the ground. That is how you win games. Moving on, we have the Rams 37-14 to whooping over the Cardinals. Matthew Stafford threw four touchdowns, two of them to Tyler Higbee, but mostly their offense went through their running game and the guys in the backfield. Kyron Williams was a beast in his return from injury. He had close to 150 yards on the ground and had six catches for 61 yards and scored twice through the air. Royce Freeman was also involved heavily and rushed for over 75 yards on 13 carries. The team as a whole rushed for over 200 yards combined. Kyler Murray played a clean game for the Cardinals. He only ran the ball once, but when he did, he scored. While their rushing attack was stifled, Murray was able to connect with Greg Dortch for their only passing score. However, he targeted Trey McBride and Hollywood Brown most of this game, and together, they combined for close to 150 yards. Up next, we have the Broncos 29-12 beatdown over the Browns at home in Denver. DTR played a decent game and threw a touchdown before Baron Browning knocked him out of the game. P.J. Walker replaced him and was sacked four times and didn't do much else. Njoku, Tillman, and more all hovered around 50 yards receiving. The Browns had success in the running game, but for some reason decided to make the passing game a priority from the start of the game and ended up only attempting less than 20 outside of some DTR scrambles. Jerome Ford had a 7.2 average, but only on 9 carries. For the Broncos, Russell Wilson had a very inconsistent type of game. He was fairly limited in the passing attack, only throwing the ball 22 times and completing 13 of them. He had a touchdown pass to Adam Troutman, and he scrambled 11 times for 34 yards, scoring eventually, but also losing a fumble. A very up-and-down performance overall. As a result, the running game was relied upon heavily and did manage to find much better success. While Javante Williams was the workhorse with 18 carries and 65 yards, Samaji Pirine was a beast and averaged 7.9 yards per carry and scored. It wasn't all bad news in the passing game. Cortland Sutton made some pretty awesome catches, some that counted and some that didn't. He had a really bad dropped pass that would have been a touchdown but it did manage to haul in three catches for 61 yards. Ultimately, it was the defense that showed up big and played great. They forced five fumbles and were able to recover three of them. Nick Benito was all over the backfield and came away with one and a half sacks of the team's four total. This style of play isn't sustainable, but I'll enjoy watching it while it lasts. This next game was one of the craziest finishes I've seen in a while. The Eagles managed to tie the game at the end with an improbable 59-yard field goal in the pouring rain, sending this game to overtime, where the Eagles allowed the Bills to march right down the field, coming up just short and settling for a field goal. But they answered with a march of their own, 
moving the ball down the field with ease, capped off by Jalen Hurts, who decided to take a stroll right into the end zone for a walk-off touchdown to win the game, 37-34, in front of the home crowd, who cheered happily as the cameras all panned over to a clearly frustrated face of Josh Allen, who actually played a great game. He threw for close to 350 yards passing, had two touchdowns, and one interception through the air, but also had nine rushes on the ground for 81 yards and scored twice. In the receiving game, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs both had productive games and each scored once. Same can be said for the Eagles receiving pair. A.J. Brown had a fairly quiet day, but did score. Devontae Smith went over 100 yards and also scored. Jalen Hurts didn't just score on the aforementioned game winner. He found the end zone yet again earlier. He was a major threat on the ground and rushed 14 times for 65 yards total. Moving on, we have the Chiefs 31-17, controlling victory over the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes and the passing attack were mostly unstoppable. He threw for over 300 yards and tossed two touchdowns, one to Rasheed Rice and the other to Justin Watson. Both Rice and Kelsey went for over 100 yards receiving. On the ground, Pacheco did his job well and banged in two touchdowns and ended his day with 55 yards on 15 carries. Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders passing game struggled on offense. Adams and Myers had over 70 yards receiving, and Myers scored, but this offense mainly leaned on Josh Jacobs and the running game. He had a very productive day as a result. He ran for 110 yards on 20 carries and one touchdown. Up next, we had the Ravens' 20-10 victory over the Chargers on Sunday night. The Ravens' rushing attack went crazy, and almost everyone was productive on the ground. Keaton Mitchell led the way in yards and carries, with 64 and 9 respectively. Zay Flowers broke free on the outside for a big 37-yard rushing score, bringing his total to 2 on the day. Isaiah likely filled in nicely with Mark Andrews out. He led the passing attack with 4 catches for 40 yards. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert played a decent game. He targeted Keenan Allen a ridiculous amount of times, and Allen ended his day with 14 catches going over 100 yards receiving. Eckler ran into a wall and struggled in this game, only totaling 64 all-purpose yards. Gerald Everett became a threat over the middle again in his return from injury. He went for over 40 yards receiving and scored the only touchdown for LA. Lastly, we had the Bears' 12-10 victory over the Vikings on Monday night. Between the two lost fumbles by Justin Fields and the four interceptions by Josh Dobbs, it seems no one wanted to win this game, except for Cairo Santos. Fields threw for over 200 yards and rushed for 59 on 12 carries. The little success they did find was through DJ Moore, who hauled in over 10 catches for over 100 yards receiving. Josh Dobbs had his worst game this season. Alongside the aforementioned interceptions, he only threw for 185 yards, one touchdown, and was a non-factor on the ground. Hawkinson and Addison were the main threats in the passing game. Hawkinson scored, and together they combined for almost 100 yards receiving. On the ground, Alexander Madison was fairly productive, totaling over 50 yards on 10 carries. 
and that will bring our speed round to a halt. Moving on to the news you need to know, the Panthers fired first-year head coach Frank Reich after starting his season 1-10. Special teams coach Chris Tabor will take over as the interim head coach. In other news, Jalen Phillips suffered a torn Achilles on Friday and will miss the rest of the season. As a result, the Dolphins are expected to elevate JPP from the practice squad to the active roster. And lastly in the news, the Raiders released Marcus Peters. Interim head coach Antonio Pierce and Peters were seen on the sidelines having a bit of a heated discussion following his benching midway through the last game. This most likely had something to do with it. And that will wrap up this episode's News You Need to Know. Let's take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now, I'll hold myself accountable for the nonsense I spout during this episode's Bet Busting. Let's check in on the results of my straight five bets. First, I had David Montgomery to score, and he did. I had Raheem Mostert to score, and he actually scored three times. Derrick Henry to score was next, and he did, twice. Next, I had Devin Singletary to score, and he did not. Lastly, I had James Conner to score, which he also did not. Ultimately, I went 3 for 5 here and ended up in the positive. Moving on to my parlay bet, I had one three-leg parlay on Turkey Day. The first leg was Jameer Gibbs over 25 yards receiving, which he did not hit with only 19. Next leg, I had David Montgomery over 50 yards rushing, which he did hit with 71. Last leg, I had Christian McCaffrey over 25 yards receiving, which he did hit with exactly 25. I went 0 for 1 here, but overall I had a decent weekend. Now, let's check in on the results of my fantasy football advice. I had the following sleeper picks. First, I had Jalen Warren, who scored 8.2 fantasy points. Next, I had Devin Singletary with 13.2. Then, I had Keaton Mitchell, who scored 10.9 fantasy points. Next, I had David Njoku, with 11.9. Lastly, Javante Williams, who scored 10.1 fantasy points. I went 4 for 5 here. Overall, I had a great holiday weekend. I enjoyed most of these games, and a few of them had some surprises for us. I'd call that a success. And that will end today's episode. We are back to our original schedule, so I will return, as usual, on Thursday for the TNF preview. I hope you all have a great rest of the day, and I'll see you next time.